Chapter 19, Daddy's Little Miss, Wednesday, January 16th, 1935. The next day at school, Scout treats me like a post made of cement. At lunch, I don't even bother going to the cafeteria. I head for the library and eat by myself. Scout's the only real friend I've made so far, and apparently I've lost him already. When I get home, I write a letter to Pete. I'm searching for an envelope when Teresa knocks on the door. Come on, she says. Piper's giving out the money. I'm not getting any, I tell her. Yeah, but we'll get candy. Candy? Natalie asks. Annie will buy some at the store, and for sure she'll give us some. Now come on. You can bring your buttons, Nat, Teresa says. What else am I going to do? Sit inside with Natalie all afternoon? When we get down to the dock, Jimmy, Annie, and Piper are already there. Nat gets right to work matching buttons to feathers to stones like this is her assignment. Natalie, Piper calls. Deep in button mode, Natalie doesn't answer. Natalie, Piper tries again. What do you want with her, I ask, sticking my face in Piper's face. Simmer down, Buster. I'm just asking her to help me count. I don't think she's, I start to say, numbers, Nat. We need you, Teresa interrupts. Natalie looks up. Piper hands Nat the money, rolled up in a handkerchief. Three dollars and twenty cents split four. Excuse me, Piper looks at me. Three ways. One dollar, six cents, two cents left over. Natalie rocks with pleasure. Two extra two cents goes to me, Piper says as Natalie counts out each share. Annie and Jimmy discuss what they'll do with the money. A dollar and six cents buys a whole Italian dinner in North Beach plus a double feature at the movies or a month of swims at Fleischaker's pool or a bunch of rides on the streetcars, the dinkies as Annie calls them. I'm just wondering how much they get for SEALs tickets when Mr. Trixel appears out of nowhere. Everyone freezes. Piper's money is put away. Annie and Jimmy's piles are still out. Piper and Moose, Jimmy and Annie, he barks. The warden wants to see you in his library. Me? I didn't do anything. I form the words with my lips, but keep the sound inside. Teresa takes off her roller skates, but then begins to cry because she can't find her shoes. Jimmy starts hollering at Teresa to shut up. A group of moms and toddlers who have overheard Mr. Trixel's command stare at us, their mouths hanging open. Annie clutches her homework against her chest. She looks even paler than usual. You don't have to come, I tell Teresa. He didn't call you. I have to come. Who's going to get you out of trouble, Teresa says, walking in her two sock feet. I'm not in trouble. I didn't do anything, I say. He called your name, Teresa says, her whole face scrunched up. Come on, Nat. She stoops down to Nat's level. Moose is in trouble. We gotta go. Natalie in the warden's office. My mom's going to love this. Leave your buttons, I tell Nat. She has most of them out now. If I wait for her to put them back, it'll take hours. Yeah, Nat, we need you, Teresa says. Natalie, help. One dollar, six cents. Two cents left, Nat nods to herself, following us. I shake my head and wander. It's almost as if Nat's a part of our group. We hike up the steep switchback road in silence. The wind blows the eucalyptus trees. A buoy clangs, a boat horn toots, and Natalie drags her toes. We climb up the steps in Piper's house and file into the warden's library. The warden stares at each of us as we sit down. He says nothing for the longest time. The silence presses down on me. I didn't do anything. It wasn't me. I want to yell. When he finally speaks, his voice is very low. I am so disappointed. I can't even begin to tell you how disappointed I am. Outside, the gulls are arguing. They sound loud, even, though the, even through the window. I glance down at Natalie, who is sitting on the floor, running her hand over the spines of the books. The warden looks at each of us. He takes a pair of small gold spectacles out of his shirt pocket and flicks them open. 
Out of his pants pocket, he removes an envelope. All of his motions are slow and deliberate. He unfolds the letter and begins to read. Dear Warden Williams, My son, Dell Jr., goes to school with your daughter, Piper Williams. On Tuesday, Dell came home from school without his shirt. When I asked him where it was, he said his shirt was to be laundered by the notorious gangster inmate, Al Capone. Of course, I thought his imagination had the best of him. But when he explained the details of the operation, I began to see the idea was simply too preposterous to have been made up. It's bad enough that the great city of San Francisco should suffer the indignity of a maximum security federal penitentiary in its midst without being subject to those sort, these sorts of sick and dangerous shenanigans. I am appalled by the extremely poor taste and unseemly behavior of your daughter and her friends. I certainly hope you take greater care in monitoring the activities of your prisoners than you do in watching your own flesh and blood. Out of courtesy to you and your long and distinguished association with my brother, Judge Thomas Thornboy, in the San Francisco Rotary Club, I am addressing this letter to you in confidence. But if I should hear anything of this nature again, my letter will go directly to the San Francisco Chronicle and the mayor's office, respectively. Thank you for your prompt attention to this matter. Sincerely, Mrs. Dell S. Peabody III. It's so silent in the room, I can hear the air go in and out of people's noses. Warden Williams folds his glasses and returns them to his jacket pocket. Let's start with some explanations. Annie Bomini? Annie's face is so red it makes her eyebrows look white. Her shoulders are slumped and her leg is twitching. Her homework is still clutched against her chest like her arm is permanently stuck that way. I didn't sell the shirts. I put them through our laundry. It was Piper's idea. The warden's eyebrows wag. He rolls his tongue over his teeth. The one thing I've never had patience for is a person who blames someone else to lessen her own culpability. I can't tell you how disappointed I am to see you behave this way, young lady. The warden stares Annie down. Piper speaks so highly of you. She's not usually like this, Daddy. Piper lowers her voice and steps closer to her father. Like what? I ask. She said the truth. Jimmy stands up. Yep, he says and sits down again. The warden looks like someone has poked a pick in his side. He shakes, his hand shakes. He steadies himself on the bookshelf, and then his eyes go cold and hard, like something sealed in ice. Apparently, I can't trust you any more than I can hardened criminals. Well, fine. I'll handle it like this, like I would an uprising in the cell house. All of you will be punished without exception. Even me? Teresa's voice is quavering. Teresa didn't do anything, sir, Jimmy mumbles. Neither did Moose, Teresa says. One dollar and six cents. One dollar and six cents. Two pennies left over, Natalie says. What? The warden looks from Jimmy to Teresa to Natalie. Shh, Nat, I say. Two pennies left over. Two pennies left over, Natalie says, like someone is arguing with her math. What is she talking about, the warden roars. That's the amount left over, I say. Left over from what? From what they earned, Teresa says in a tiny voice. Earned, the warden barks. Don't tell me this is about money. Money changed hands in the shenanigan? No one says anything, but the quiet is clearly an answer. The warden looks at each of us. Let's have it right here, he pounds his desk. Every last cent. Annie reaches in her pocket and pulls out her coins. Then Jimmy. Piper doesn't move. Warden Williams looks at me. I didn't earn any money, I said. He glances at the pile of coins, mostly nickels. Why do you think they're locked up? He cocks his head in the direction of the said cell house. Why do you suppose, Mr. Flanagan? They, uh, I swallow hard. 
broke the laws? The warden ignores me. He waits. That's right. Money motivated most of them. Is that how you want to end up? No, sir, Annie and I say in unison. I wasn't born yesterday. You aren't the first kids to break the rules, but you will be the last children on this island to ever do anything like this again. There is nothing about this to be proud of. He waves the letter in the air. There may come a time in your life when you feel it's your moral authority to challenge a rule, but that's not what this is about. This is about greed and silliness and incredibly poor judgment. Do you have anything to say for yourself, Moose? Sir, I didn't do anything. That's what I've been trying to... No excuses, the warden roars. So loud, even Natalie looks up. How about you, Annie? No, sir. Jimmy? No, sir. Teresa? No, sir. If anything like this occurs again, all of your fathers will be dismissed without severance. Anybody know what severance is? Annie? Fired without pay, Annie whispers. That's right, Annie, the warden says. He watches her, tries to pull her eyes to his eyes, but she will not look at him. She stares at her hands. Shame on you, he says in a quiet, velvet tone. Shame on all of you. Annie, how do you think your mother's going to take this news? And for crying out loud, Jimmy, you think your, fa- your family hasn't had enough trouble? You really want your dad to be out of a job with that brand spanking new baby? Do you know how hard it is to feed five mouths in this world? Any of you? Jimmy bites his lip. I can see the tears well up in him. Moose, I expect more from you than this. He expects more from me? I didn't do anything. I've seen how nice you are with your sister, but then you get involved with something like this. He shakes his head. I catch you doing anything, anything against the rules. I mean, you kids breathe wrong, and you'll be asked to leave. Yes, sir, we all say. The warden straightens his coat. It's already straight, but he does it anyway, as if the discussion rumpled him. I'll be speaking to all of your parents about this. This money will be returned to your classmates. I will make those arrangements myself. Now get out of my sight, every one of you. And you, young lady, he nods to Piper without looking at her. I'm not finished with you yet. As we file out of the office, I see Piper lean over and whisper to her father like she's his buddy, not his daughter. The little slime, she'll get out of this. She will.